Welcome to the best kept secret video cast and podcast from Centricity. If you're a B2B service professional, use our five-step process to go from the grind of chasing every sale to keeping your pipeline full with prospects knocking on your door to buy from you. We give you the freedom of time and a life outside of your business. Each episode features an executive from a B2B services company sharing their provocative perspective on an opportunity that many of their clients are missing out on. It's how we teach our clients to get executive decision makers to buy without being salesy or spammy. Here's our host, the co-founder and CEO of Centricity, Jay Kingley. I'm Jay Kingley, co-founder and CEO of Centricity. Welcome to another episode of our Best Kept Secret show, where I'm happy to welcome Caleb Sin, founder of Social Bloom. Social Bloom generates enterprise demos for B2B SaaS that software as a service companies using outbound marketing techniques. He's based in Rochester, Minnesota, home of the Mayo Clinic, for those who don't know. And once again, I apologize. My voice is slowly coming back. So just bear with me on that. Caleb, welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks, Jay. Uh, I'm excited to talk. Well, hopefully your voice is doing better than mine, Caleb. So let's start out by me saying to you that I always look at the B2B market as really being in two components. We have our very high price but low volume uh, B2B companies. And I like to think of high-end business consultants and business coaches, for example, are in that bucket. They don't actually need very many clients in order to uh, have a pretty thriving business. And then we have a lot of companies that need a lot more volume. So the high volume, they need hundreds, thousands, uh, tens of thousands of customers, typically obviously at lower price points in order to make their money. And, and obviously the most SaaS companies are in that latter category. Now, the challenge, of course, for the higher volume people is how do they get their clients? What techniques are they using to bring in the volume of clients that they need. And I think every volume-based B2B company has heard of outbound marketing, the need to proactively reach out into your target market and pull people into you. Now there's millions of companies out there, so it seems, that offer outbound marketing services to these B2B companies, seems to me, like everybody is using the exact same techniques. They're all following the same playbook. They are all making the same mistakes and they are all complaining that results are weren't great to begin with and they seem to be getting lower over time. So Caleb, let me ask you as an outbound marketing specialist, what is it that these companies are doing wrong? Yeah, that's a that's a great question, Jay. So I think the biggest thing, honestly, is the whole entire idea behind um, spray and pray. I think a lot of companies do this, right? Um, and I think that's what holds a lot of campaigns back from being successful. Right. So I, I think that, you know, one of the, the challenges is that we're not saying that you do these techniques and you get no results. It's not like you're getting a fat zero. I mean, that would be a disaster. But yeah. I really think about it as what is your return on investment? And so often you do get business from spray and pray. It's mm -hmm. just that your 
conversion rates, your cost of client uh, customer acquisition, your uh, CAC as it's called, is just way too high to give you the kind of viable business that you're looking for. So what would be sort of uh, some metrics, Caleb, that would tell a client whether they've got a real problem or whether they're nailing their outbound marketing? Yeah, I would say if you're getting around uh, 4% plus conversion rates, um, then your campaign is obviously doing pretty good and you're doing something right. So that old uh, metric that we hear out there all the time that, hey, a half percent ought to get it done. You're saying, come on, guys, if you're getting a half percent, there's a lot of things that you're probably getting wrong. here. Exactly. Yeah. I, I like what you said. I think spray and pray does work, but uh, it's not very scalable and I want to depend on it. So what are some of the mistakes that you see that would explain why someone's at a half percent or three quarters of a percent rather than the four plus percent that you're talking about? Yeah, I think the biggest thing, honestly, is the basics of obviously not landing in spam. But then again, um, being personalized with your outbound campaign and being real. So talk a little bit about the dangers of, of getting blacklisted. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I mean, it's very dangerous because if you're blacklist or you're going to spam, um, the chance of someone even opening your email or seeing it, it's so low that it's not even worth it. And then in the long run, you're just losing money on your campaign. Now, what if, you know, you get people that are looking at your email, but they're not really acting? What does that tell you? Yeah. So usually that's either one of two things. Uh, it could be that the data of who you're sending to is inaccurate. It's not actually your target market. So your copy is not relevant. Um, it could be that you are reaching the right people, but your copy is terrible and no one's going to convert off that. And what are some of the mistakes that you see people make in terms of knowing who to target their campaigns to? I think a lot of people try to go after who they want versus who they've had success in the past with. Um, they don't really think about, hey, this was a great client of mine. I should target similar companies. Um, a lot of people think about who they want to go after, not uh, past success. So, Caleb, given the myriad of things, I guess, which can go wrong in, mm -hmm. in terms of a, an, outbank, an outbound campaign, no surprise, I guess, that so many people are thinking that a half percent is actually good as opposed to unacceptable. And by the way, I think a lot of the vendors that don't understand what to do are sort of looking at, this is what I'm getting. So let's tell the world this is acceptable because this is all we're capable of doing, as opposed to saying there's a much higher bar here and maybe we're just not good enough to get you there. Um, what is it that they should be doing? What, what are the ways that you get this done correctly? Yeah, um, I think it's a lot of focusing on the basics, right? Again, like what we talked about, if you're going to spam, there's no point in sending more emails. So it's really making sure you're hitting the inbox to correct people with the right copy. And then once you get results from that, you can then scale that process. So take us through when you get it, when you do it right, what type of benefits, both to the decision maker and to the business, do you see? Yeah. So again, back to that 4% conversion rate, but overall, I would say it's just keeping that pipeline full. Um, if you have enough opportunities inside of your pipeline, you're going to feel pretty good, right, about business in general because you know that uh, you have enough discovery calls and closing calls coming up. You don't have to worry so much about going out and finding new people inside that pipeline. Do you have any kind of a, of a case example, uh, Caleb, where you've seen a company 
make this change and get real business benefits? Yeah, I, I've seen um, companies and uh, software, for example, that all they're doing is organic outbound, right? Um, SEO, stuff like that. And then when they start doing these more spear type focused email campaigns, uh, they're seeing 40, 60 opportunities being generated over the course of a couple months. Well, that seems like a pretty significant improvement mm -hmm. by figuring out and understanding how to run a proper outbound marketing campaign, which leads me into my next question for you. All right, I need to do this. I need the volume. I get that there's a big difference between doing it right and not doing it right. So what is it that I need to do? What are the steps that it takes for me to implement this? Yeah, I would say that there's six key steps. So um, getting clean data, you know, really finding your ideal customer profile, segmenting these lists into personas, uh, tweaking your scripts based off the segments, um, and then researching tools that are gonna help you do this. And then finally, scaling it through optimization. Perfect, so you've given us, I think, six key steps on how to do this very critical function in terms of getting your outbound marketing correct so that you can get the volume of leads and fill your funnel and have that viable business. We're gonna take a quick break. And when we come back, we're gonna learn a bit more about Caleb. Hang on. Are you wondering how much longer you have to grind and chase for every lead conversation and client? Would you like clients to knock on your door so you no longer have to pitch, follow up, and spam decision makers? Well, Centricity's Category 1 program uses a proven five-step process that will help you get in front of the decision makers you need by spending less time doing all the things you hate. It's not cold calling, cold email, cold outreach on LinkedIn, or any other social media, or even spending money on ads, but it does have a 35 times higher ROI than any of those things leveraging your expertise and insights at your prospects and network value. The best part, even though you'll see results in 90 days, you get to work with the Centricity team for an entire year to make sure you have all the pieces in place and working so you can start having freedom of time and a life outside of your business. So email time at centricityb2b.com to schedule an 18-minute call to learn more. Welcome back, everyone. Let's find out a bit more about Caleb. Caleb, let me start by asking you, you and Social Bloom, what pain points are you solving for your target market of primarily B2B SaaS companies and why do they need you to get rid of the pain? Yeah, I would say the biggest problem is just the lack of opportunities inside of your pipeline and uh, not being able to crack the top of funnel. Uh, the reason why Social Bloom uh, we have a lot of great experience with companies, specifically software companies, and that allows us to kind of duplicate the past processes that we've used um, across the board. So you're basically telling me you follow your own advice of figuring out what works, fine tuning and optimizing it, and then replicating it. Of course. Yeah. I mean, majority of what we do is the same thing that we do for our clients. So uh, we're able to A-B test a lot and figure out what works and have it uh, backed by data. One of the things that we know is always true is people don't hire you because of what you do. They hire you because you're great at what you do. So yeah. what makes Social Bloom great at what it does? Yeah, um, I would say a lot of it's like uh, the tools in my team. So we have uh, partnerships, for example, with multiple um, companies for tools. Um, that way we're able to kind of get that extra personalization 
um, and then run that at scale for our own clients. And let me ask you my, my third and final question for you, Caleb, and I encourage everybody to go to Caleb's uh, LinkedIn page. You'll get a sense of his background. As we often say, LinkedIn is really your online resume. But I'm always interested in knowing the why behind the what. So, Caleb, what has happened, be it in your personal life, in your professional life, that would explain why you're doing what you're doing today? That's actually a really good question, Jay. And I, I think, honestly, it's, um, it's my history with direct outbound. It, it, it's funny, but I actually started outbound in high school, believe it or not. Um, I got a bunch of Bluetooth speakers with my buddies from Alibaba. We threw a logo on it, and we didn't know how to sell it. So what I would do is, um, by the way, it was targeted at people like fishing. So I'd look up hashtag fishing on Instagram, and I would direct message all these people about our speaker. Um, and it took about one out of 50 messages to close a, a small $15 speaker. And then from there, I just kind of uh, used that in, in all my positions later on. A good, uh, a good success story. I think any parent out there, you know, when your kid says, I want to buy from a, an Amazon or an Alibaba and resell it, <laughs> just, just hold your breath, wish them well, because <clears throat> it may turn out to be the future of a full-time business opportunity. Caleb, I'm sure we've got a lot of people in the audience that are saying to themselves that their outbound marketing is not where they would like it to be. Mm -hmm. um, you've put forward a pretty coherent and compelling case for how to think about it. So if people want to get in touch with you, what's the best way for them to do that? Uh, the best way would be my email. So Caleb at socialbloom.org. All right. And I will put Caleb's email and his LinkedIn address in the show notes. Make it easy for people to reach out. Caleb, I want to thank you so much for coming on to The Best Kept Secret and enlightening us on how to think differently about our outbound marketing program, particularly when we're looking to get increased volumes to our audience I want you to continue to crush it out there. Until next time.